All right. Hello. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Quick programming note. We're in person and there's cats. So, you know, the usual cat stuff might happen. Yeah. You guys get it. You're cool. Dave and Dan are out there in the van with their (laughs) cat infuriating ray. They're not always mad. They're just hyper. I don't know. Yeah. They just Just run around. Get them revved up. Oh, which reminds me, I had another announcement, which if you're like any podcast listener, you probably tune out for the last few minutes of the show, which are just like notes and stuff. There are a couple of new t-shirt designs, though, including a Dave and Dan in the van design and Uh a kindergarten (laughs) communism shirt. So head over to Public if that's your bag. Yeah, they both look cool. Thank you. (laughs) I did them in like a night. It was fun. (laughs) Nice. We are here today to talk about the musical Hadestown uh, by Anais Mitchell. She did the words um, and the music. <laughs> yeah, so it was originally written as a concept album in 2010, uh, and it made its Broadway debut in 2016. Uh, and it, you know, fucking swept the Tonys if you keep up with that kind of thing. Like, it got like 14 noms, so like, pretty good. <laughs> that's a lot, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> Uh, I think it won Best Musical that year as well. I'm not 100% on that, but I'm pretty sure. It did, I think. I okay. think I remember reading that. Yeah. So, yeah, very popular. Uh, I remember seeing it pop up a lot on my internet, and I was like, what is this thing? But I kind of ignored it, because I wasn't as into musicals as I am now. <laughs> <laughs> you are sort of in the musicals. I am. It's, <laughs> it's a great transformation. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually saw this. I saw the touring production uh, in Chicago, and it was fantastic. If it's in your town, really recommend going. It's a great time. I even had, like, kind of a shitty seat with a pillar in front of me, and I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> nice. Why do they put a seat there? I don't know. It's like, I understand now why this was cheaper. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. The story is basically a retelling of the myth of Orpheus and Eurydice, the setting is a little vague. We can talk about that, but okay, yeah, it's heavily inspired by the American South. Okay. And I, I place oh, it somewhere. Oh, the music. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the music the is style, the accents, but the time. There's not really a defined time period, mm-hmm. save to say that there's like industrialism happening. Yeah. So to me, it, the like the Hades town. Kind of the factories and foundries and all that stuff seems to me very like Victorian age almost. So yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> I was reading, I was reading some takes that were putting it in like the twenties and thirties, which oh, I thought kind of good it, too. You know, electricity is really taken off. Yeah, I and guess. the jazziness of and it. the jazz age of it too. Like I don't know, I took a lot of cues from the the musical style of it. So you saw it. There weren't any visual cues of. There were, so I think that helped too. Like the yeah. way they were dressed, um, it w- <laughs> did feel very like. Louisiana, like Southern twenties, not like full on flapper at all. You no, know? yeah, but like a maybe a little Southern before. Gothic almost. A little Southern Gothic, yeah, okay. yeah. Orpheus is really simple, just like a white kind of work shirt with suspenders, which to me put it in like twenties. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, it was really good <laughs> in person. The good thing is, it's what's called a sung through musical, which is you basically get the whole story if you listen to it, and it's on Spotify. So check it out; mm-hmm. it's great. We will be referencing the original Broadway cast recording. I don't believe there's going to be any major differences. It's probably just the performers and maybe, like, how they say certain things. All right. Okay, cool. First song, On the Road to Hell, just introduces us to our cast, which mm. is always fun. Very fun in person because you get to, like, applaud for everybody. Yeah. Uh, another thing to note, I would say, is the band is almost all of them are on stage. The only person not shown is the drummer. 
Uh, but okay. everyone else you get to see, and they're all dressed like kind of in period piece too. Um, it's really fantastic. Like the fucking trombone player, she was getting it. In my performance. Dude, the, the trombone <laughs> and, and the soundtrack is insane. Yeah, I love the trombone already, but yeah, it's, it's, it's ripping. <laughs> <laughs> Once upon a time there was a railroad line. Don't I swear, brother, don't I swear. It was the road to hell. It was hard times. It was a world of God. So you say they were on stage, but they're like on stage as musicians. They're yeah, they like are. A, they're totally as musicians. They're not um, a character. Well, I will say the the Fates. Um, one of them plays the violin, and one of them plays the accordion, and they'll okay. like walk around with it. Huh. Cool. Um, yeah, it's really good. Uh, it's it's a really interesting choice to have them present and also referenced in in the songs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, give one it of up them for the band. A, yeah, it does a shout out to each one of them. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's really I love that because I just I don't know. Broadway gigs like that are probably really difficult. So I love that they're like getting their dues. For sure. <laughs> okay, so back to the song. <laughs> it's snappy. We're learning about the cast. You got the fates. These these three women. Um, you know, in, in Greek myth, they they fucking run your fate, man. <laughs> they can determine how long you live and what happens to you, that kind of stuff. They have some sort of a thread that, like, they cut. Mm-hmm. I just remember this from Hercules. I mean, you're right, though. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. We all started at Hercules. <laughs> uh, you've got Hermes. He's kind of like the narrator of the play. He mm-hmm. guides us a lot through it. Um, he's also, you know, traditionally a messenger god. And um, in in this, he also is kind of playing a role as like he will like conduct the train, I think. So mm, okay. like he's kind of porting people back and forth from Hades Town. We got Hades himself, king of the underworld. Um, important to note that in classical myths too, he was also uh, king of like wealth and gold and silver and like things that are underground. You know. Yeah. Okay. They emphasize that about his like coal and oil and stuff mm-hmm. from the ground that sort of mineral wealth in in one of the songs or another yes or i guess is. throughout a couple times yeah i didn't know that was like actual classic yeah yeah like if you think of um uh, i'm trying to think not chronos that's the daddy which i think that's so funny that workplaces use chronos as a as like, like a, a sign in or uh-huh to track your hours and shit because yeah. like you know that guy is like very scary right <laughs> he was like eating everyone <laughs> he, or something. he ate his children <laughs> Uh, what was I thinking of, though? Zeus? I mean, Zeus, I'm, I'm thinking of the Roman equivalent because he's more often associated with money. Jupiter? Uh, Pluto. Pluto. Okay. Pluto is, is the equivalent, I believe. That's why they have Plutocracy. Mmm. Probably. Probably. I mean, honestly, yeah. You have Persephone, goddess of spring. Um, kind of confusing. <laughs> I have some notes in here about, like, based on the lyrics, I couldn't tell what season she's actually supposed to be above and below because like in the lyrics they said spring and summer okay because they were also complaining about how hot it was during the summer i'm like well fucking get it together <laughs> yeah so i think that she's getting dragged down sooner or something Mm-hmm. that or it was kind of unclear to me i think it was that versus like staying out later because she doesn't want to go back yeah which would make long summers but if you're getting a shorter time then i guess it would be like it's more intense somehow. Yeah, she's okay. like increasing the intensity because she's only there for a little bit, okay. throwing off the balance. 
We have the chorus and the band. The chorus in the musical in the first act is, uh, for most of the first act, I guess they change partway through. Um, they're kind of just like patrons at this kind of bar scene that they have set up. It's just like a couple of tables and chairs. It's a really sparse set, uh, which I really love. And yeah. then above that, they have a little veranda, like balcony, uh, at this like old style southern house and you have Hades and Persephone sitting there most of the time okay. and if they you know whenever she comes down like she'll come down the stairs okay it's really that's cool that's a cool setup yeah and then sometimes they they like pull the wall back and there's like kind of a it's not really a train it's just two headlights and a fog machine but it looks great and there's a choo choo sound yeah so, <laughs> so it's very cool there's also a uh, a circular uh, there's probably a word for this but like the floor moves in a circle um, in two like concentric rings, mm, okay. uh, which is really nice just for stage choreography reasons. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know shit about theater. I just like it. So I'm <laughs> probably missing a lot here, but I'm just trying to set the scene a little. An amateur theater gay here. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you have the chorus, uh, which in Greek myth, like that is a very important thing, you know, or in mm-hmm. Greek plays, uh, they, they provide commentary. Uh, and in this play, they serve like as kind of backup dancers and backup vocalists, and you know will help like kind of show like what's going on sometimes like uh later when orpheus is singing about like the rivers and the trees that they will like move furniture around like the chairs to like look like trees and stuff like that it's very cool and then the second act um they play the workers uh in Mm, hades town we have orpheus young boy uh, my production uses beautiful Latin boy. I was like, oh, he's cute. <laughs> he's got such a high voice. I was I impressed. I know. He's ripping it. Uh, and then we have Eurydice. She is, like, dressed kind of like she's got this coat and this bag and stuff. And, you know, this very, like, kind of hunched over. So. All right. So, basically, this song just kind of sets up who these people are, what they're about. Um, just kind of getting the story going. It's good. It's a banger. <laughs> Do yeah. you have any particular notes from it before no, I move on? No, I, my first one starts with Anyway, the Wind Blows. Okay, great. Let's get into that one. Eurydice was a hungry young girl, a runaway from everywhere she'd ever been. She was no stranger to the world, no stranger to the wind. Weather ain't the way it was before. Ain't no spring or fall at all anymore. It's either blazing hot or freezing cold. Anyway, the wind blows. And there ain't a thing that you you can do. When the weather takes a turn on you Said for hurry up and hit the road Anyway, the wind blows Wind comes up Do you hear that sound? So that's the next song, Anyway, the Wind Blows. Eurydice's plight is described. She's she's a hungry young girl. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's desperate and she talks about uh, the climate and how you know it's blazing hot or freezing cold and there's not really spring or fall anymore um so this was kind of like the first thing that made my little ears prick up and go like okay we're gonna talk about climate change okay cool, yeah cool. <laughs> yeah and she's i think at this stage 
she kind of expresses or the the regular person's take on it with, with you know sans solidarity or anything else is there's nothing we can do she says yes you know, she's just like what what can you do this is just how it is you just got to try to survive and that was kind of the you know kind of the concept that i got from it yeah so quick note y'all we're gonna be stretching this metaphor a little bit i think it has a lot of meat to it mm-hmm. by on its own i think there's a lot to the text but like there's this probably a surface level reading too of just like this is a love story but yes there's other components that we're going to be focusing on a little bit more <laughs> right so if you're familiar with our movie you know our, you know we're gonna that's what, yeah we'll, we'll take it and we'll run with it and <laughs> it works yes <laughs> yeah i agree she is super jaded is the word i would use she's mm-hmm. She's also very atomized. She's cut off. She does not trust people. Yeah. She's like, fuck dudes. Like, fuck this. Like, this sucks. You cannot trust anyone. She's scared. And She's scared. In many ways, we talked about this before, that, you know, capitalism wants you to be afraid of your neighbors, of anyone in public spaces or around you. The rest of society, yeah, cut off is a good way to put it. This is the wet boot uh, mm. mindset, right? We're, yeah. This is where we're at when we're ground up by capitalism and in some ways she's not just scared of other people she's also kind of almost as cutthroat as she imagines them of like i'm only out for myself she is That's out all for you number one do. yeah totally tiny bit of stage direction here she asks for a match at one point in the soundtrack you can hear her say that uh, hermes gives her one and, and she lights a little candle out of her bag and as soon as it's lit one of the fates blow it out so like it's just you know, they talk a lot about, like, the fates have it in for this girl. Oh, okay. One question I have. Mm-hmm. No one seems to eat but this girl. She's the only hungry person. <laughs> That's extremely true. Yeah. What are you saying? Bothered? He's, he's content to waste away. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. He lives on his music. Uh, or grass or something. I don't know. <laughs> he just eats grass. <laughs> She's like, I gotta eat. <laughs> I need to eat. I am hungry. Uh, that is my next note. I mean, not that exactly, but... You know, probably the clip I might I might pull for this um, is she just she wants to she's tired, she wants to rest and she wants a full belly and like you can't fucking blame her. Yeah, and when that's something I think we should keep in mind when we're interacting with people who don't have a politics or mm-hmm. aren't oriented in any sort of leftist way, aren't concerned with it or are more conservative or whatever, like. You gotta give them some grace because... They're in survival mode. Yeah. And, you know, we got here at some point and we, 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 I mean, we ourselves even had a starting point that was way <laughs> yeah. uh, worse than where we're at now and people grow, but that's, I don't know, something to keep in mind. Yeah. You don't have time for that, you know? Yeah. And lots of people don't. They can barely just stay alive. Yeah. All right. Next up, come home with me. We got our guy, Orpheus. I'm working on a song. It isn't finished yet. But when it's done, and when I sing it, spring will come again. Come again? Spring will come. When? I haven't seen a spring or fall since... I can't recall. That's what I'm working on. A song to fix what's wrong. Take what's broken, make it whole. A song so beautiful. Brings the world back into tune, back into time, and all the flowers will bloom. When you become my wife, oh, he's he crazy. sees her, immediately falls in love. It's really funny in the stage play. Just you know the the lines of like 
Hermes being like, do you want to talk to her? And he's like, and he's yeah. Like, he's don't like, don't come on too strong. Yeah, and then he goes, come home with me. <laughs> it's really good. I'm going to marry you. <laughs> he's <Ugh>. so cute. <laughs> uh, so, he, yeah, he puts the moves on. <laughs> Extremely bold. He's got a very strange form of Riz. Like, <laughs> not, I, I don't know if it would work on me. That was... A very awkward way it to is, interact with someone. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not the smoothest operation, for sure. Uh, but we learn through this that he is working on a song to, to fix the weather. Right, and uh, <laughs> this did, I was a little critical of. Mm. I saw this as, initially at least, as more of a idealist oh, sort of... Like, like hubris? You know, and not really. I mean, sort of, he's, do, he's trying to do it on his own. Uh, but it's like trying to find either a technocratic solution oh. or uh, trying to come up with the right idea mm. and just relying on that. Like you know, he's not really he's not he has no uh, notion yet of connecting with people as yeah. being the way out. That's something that kind of happens accidentally, which mm-hmm. I think is interesting. Because yeah, I would love to see that incorporated earlier in in his idea of like this is going to make people work together because he gets he totally gets that language later Mm -hmm. but in this he's just like i'm doing it Uh, he does talk about it a little bit he doesn't connect the two though so he does remember say i think maybe in the next song or something that uh if we can all share yes yes he does a great speech on that which i love yeah i wish there was just like a like five percent more of that (laughs) give me one other line (laughs) yeah so i mean he's got the idea but i don't think he connects that with his song having anything to do with it yeah, I the agree. The song is just there to fix the technical problem of Hades and Persephone not getting along anymore. Interesting. Right. I didn't. I don't know if I read it as technical. I read it more as like he has a message. I think his overall message. I mean, it's very twee, but it is just like it's love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which whatever. Remember I, to love, sort of, is what. Can, he's, yeah. Okay. I think there's there could be a little more meat on those bones, but I, I think that's kind of the crux of it, and. I don't know. I don't, I don't see it as technocratic so much as, like, he thinks it could be that simple, I guess. Yeah. I just kind of was like, mm, you're, you know, one little song is not going <laughs> to change everything. I know it's a myth. So, yeah. But. I was viewing it as a metaphor of, like, if we're playing this, this game, if we're playing the metaphor game today, which we are, it's not a song so much as, like, let's just fucking, he's Marx, you know? Like, he's got a fucking idea. Okay. Like, he's got he's, an idea. But he hasn't figured out what to do with it mm-hmm. or how to put it into practice. He hasn't even finished the idea yet. Yeah, he's still yeah. still churning away. So you're saying step back from the idea, the literal song part. That's of what it I'm thinking. And say, okay, that, that would work. Weirdly, Eurydice is kind of into it. She's intrigued. Uh, I like this line, though. Why would I become his wife? And Hermes says, maybe because he'll make you feel alive. And continuing that metaphor of like oh if orpheus is this like almost prophet of class analysis or of revolution or something he they use this line a lot that he can see the world how it could be instead of how it is yeah he's a dreamer he's a dreamer and like i don't see that as necessarily idealistic because we do that all the fucking time yeah he sees another way to be and he has a plan to fix it it's not done yet like like nobody's fucking plan is done yet but he knows there's a way out so he's kind of like us then. So he's playing less of a direct revolutionary role. Yes. And he's more... He's spreading the word. Yeah. And he's so devoted to it. And it's, his song is so beautiful. And I think makes sense in such a good way. 
that people pay attention. Yeah, and they're brought into his insight of here's how the world could be. So yes, like, everyone's then, enchanted by by the way he paints the world. Yeah, which your friends should be too, by the way you paint <laughs> the world, the future communist world. Please, <laughs> sing a beautiful song of communism. All right, Wedding Song is one of my faves. It's got a great, like, Gillian Welch vibe. Oh, <laughs> so folksy. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, that one reminded me of The Hazards of Love. That too, totally. <laughs> yes. Glad the Decemberists, if you guys don't know. They had, just because it's like this woodlands mm-hmm. sound. Lover, tell me if you can, who's going to buy the wedding bands? Time's being what they are, hot and getting hotter all the time. Lover, when I sing my song, all the rivers will sing along. They agree, what, they're going to get married? Yeah, I mean, she questions them. She's like, look, buddy, how are you going to afford this shit? You broke? Yeah, you broke as a joke. <laughs> uh, so how are you going to afford it? You know, she asks the wedding band, the um, who's going to lay the wedding table, who's going to make the wedding bed. And she's just like, you don't have shit. Um, and he, he claims the song will charm all of nature and provide for them. You know, could just be this guy's a little big for his britches. You know, playing mm-hmm. with some hyperbole here. But he could really believe in this message in terms of like, oh, I'm going to fix nature. Yeah. And this is the, like, nature will provide, we can have a new relationship with nature. So it's like an eco-socialism sort of message. I think of, so. Yeah. We, if we stop fucking everything up, then we'll have enough. Everything will be provided for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a little bit of stage direction I have here. I'm providing stage direction notes because... Well, you don't see the musical. It's yeah. hard to see musicals. If you're me. <laughs> if you're Grady. Uh, after he sings his first song, his first La La La. <laughs> mm, yeah. Uh, which is really fun to sing. <laughs> I do it in the shower a lot. Um, a red flower appears in his hand, uh, like a carnation. Mm. Uh, so that's in the branding of a lot of the show. Uh, but it just kind of a magically appears there. And then that's when she's like, it can do this? Like, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I was like... I thought she just thought it was a badass song. <laughs> what, man? That song slaps. Whoa. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> okay, that makes more sense. Yes. And then we get to Epic One. Um, so Epic is basically Orpheus' song that he's working on. Mm-hmm. King of Shadows. King of Shades. Hades was king of the underworld. But he fell in love with a beautiful lady Who walked up above in her mother's green field He fell in love with Persephone Who was gathering flowers in the light of the sun And he took her home to become his queen Where the sun never shone Hermes comes up and is like, hey man, that song you just sang, that's actually a really old song, and it's about Hades and Persephone. So he uh, stole the fucking song. Yeah, you, you sampled that. Uh, <laughs> you sampled that track. It's like the TikTok videos where they show you like the modern song, mm-hmm. and then they show you like three different times. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like, tell the whole song. And so he, you know, Orpheus sings about how Hades fell in love with Persephone and took her to be his wife. In many retellings, we should go ahead and say this is called the Rape of Persephone. It is implied this is not a consensual marriage. Ah, okay. Uh, but 
Hades got permission from Zeus to be like, hey, can I marry your daughter? And then he just like kidnaps her. So pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, this is a pretty popular myth in in terms of retellings. Uh, Lore Olympus is a very famous webcomic that that did one. There's lots of them where where they try to re-examine that relationship in a, like a modern way of like what if it's not a rape or like what if it's more empowering somehow or whatever okay so i so thought that was interesting there are ways to kind of adapt it i think in, in i've seen it done before so i'm not surprised i guess when they portray it more as a consensual thing here yeah okay without persephone the earth suffered in greek myth it's because her mother is demeter who runs like the harvest um, and she's so fucking sad because her daughter just got kidnapped, and so she doesn't let anything grow. Uh, they don't really bring Demeter into this play. They had enough characters, so they're like, it's cool. <laughs> they kind of added, I guess, her power of making things grow to Persephone. Then I think so. I think they kind of just like she streamlined took over that it. Per- portfolio. <laughs> they do mention at one point, you know, Hades tells Persephone, like, you know, you go running whenever Mother Nature calls, and like that's the closest I could get to it. I'm like, well, her mom is. That's Demeter. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> So yeah, without Persephone coming back, Earth was in trouble. And so they agreed that she would spend half of the year on the surface, half the year in the underworld. In Greek myth, it's because she ate like nine pomegranate seeds. And so like that eating something ties you to the underworld. Uh, So she was only up on the surface for like three months, I guess, because that's not very much. Yeah, I thought it was... Maybe it was six. In the play, they say six. In the play, it's half of each year. But I, so I uh, maybe I misheard it or something, or don't remember the Greek myth or whatever. I thought it was only just like spring it might or be, something. It but. might be half. Hmm. But yeah, again, I was like not clear on like, is this spring autumn or is this spring summer? I think it's spring summer because she talks a lot about summertime. Yeah. The details aren't super important. It's fine. <laughs> don't worry about it. Half the year. She's not there. Yeah. Uh, and now we get to meet Persephone and living it up on top. She's got her little bag of flowers. She comes on down from the stairs. She comes off the train. And she just parties, man. She parties hard. Her actress basically really plays it up as like a little drunk. The yeah. whole play, pretty much. She's always like, yeah, get a drink. or Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, she like has this kind of brassy voice sometimes. Yeah, it's got a good little rasp in there. Mm-hmm. It's great. But yeah, this song is about how summer is here briefly and we should enjoy it while we can. I was thinking maybe it could represent like an economic boom. Of like, ooh, Hmm. like times are good. Like, fuck yeah, maybe things are gonna be okay. And like everyone like has this temporary fever of of joy and like kind of hope. Like it's always like the line's always gonna go up. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I was just thinking that this may be like part of that increase of the intensity of summer being Mm. hotter and hotter and shit because she's you know going kind of wild with it. Yeah, she's going too hard. Yeah, I'd believe it. She's she's a lush. <laughs> uh, but yeah, her attitude throughout the song is pretty cynical. Just like, yeah, take what you can get. And just like, you know, very resentful of her situation. But Orpheus's toast is a lot more hopeful. To the patroness of all of this, Persephone. Who's finally returned to us with wine enough to share. Asking nothing in return, except that we should live and learn to live as brothers in this life. Here we go. And to trust she will provide. And if no one takes too much, there will always be enough. She 
she will always fill our cups. I will. And we will always. Yeah, man. What I focused on with that, what stuck out to me is his, I mentioned before, his notion of if no one takes too much, then it'll be, it'll be great. We have enough. Mm -hmm. Like this sort of eco sustainability, socialism sort of ideal. Yes. You know? Yeah. I think it's, I think that's great. To me, that was another early kernel of like, "Mm, I'm listening. And uh, I also, I like the end of his toast too, of uh, we will always raise them up to the world we dream about and the one we live in now. I love that as a line for socialist thinking. Again, of like, he sees how it could be, but he also acknowledges how it is now. Like, he is, I don't know, I just, I love that duality. So that's like, the, rather than getting lost in utopian stuff completely, Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out every little detail of, you know, how wide the entry door is going to be into the communal (laughs) apartment, you can't lose sight of what actions you have to take in the present day to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, in this context, it's, I think it's more about celebrating things. You know, he's like, we'll, we'll raise them up, we'll toast to, to those things. Mm-hmm. So maybe it is like, seed those dreams and, and dream of them and be happy in your dreams, but also like, take time to enjoy things currently too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it could go either way. Like, kind of keep your humanity, like, keep yourself okay, because yes. you've got a lot to do in, in the world here. Yes. That makes sense. Next, we got a little love song, All I Have Ever Known. Orpheus was a poor boy, but he had a gift to give. He could make you see how the world could be. In spite of the way that it is, and Eurydice was a young girl. But she'd seen how the world was. When she fell, she fell in spite of herself, in love with Orpheus. I was alone so long. I didn't even know that I was lonely. But yeah, this is basically Orpheus and Eurydice falling in love. And I do like the line that Eurydice falls for him in spite of herself. Like, because, you know, we got that setup of how jaded and fucking broken she is. Yeah. Uh, but his song is just so. It's providing a way out for her. Yeah, that makes sense too in the context of the symbolism we were going for earlier of like her representing people in the in in the grinding teeth of of imperialism and stuff. They don't they I mean, by all accounts they shouldn't have time to become radicalized. But the good word of Marxism is <laughs> too powerful. Yeah. You know? and so you hear it and despite the your lack of energy for doing anything it's still despite how many times you've been hurt and how many just how exhausting it is yeah you, you still find a way to believe in it and i think for her i mean a huge element of trust is in play here i think later parts of the play get to it too of, of trusting in your fellow man mm, yeah well okay there's one thing yeah uh, this this is said several times this is an old song you know i like that in terms of this metaphor because you can think of like this isn't necessarily a new idea like yeah, yeah Papa Marx put it all together but like we, we talk about a lot especially on our shooting the shit episodes of like this has been around like yeah. worker revolts have been happening since fucking ancient Egypt yeah yeah <laughs> people have always struggled so the science of like 
Marxism, mm-hmm. Leninism, and everything. Yeah, a modern development. But the idea of people wanting to be free... The struggle has always been there. Yeah. So, it doesn't always get written down, because if they did that, we would realize that. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd be like, oh, let's keep doing that. And let's so, build on that. Yeah, I think another piece about that, you know, how she's inspired by this is, like you were saying with the trust issue, mm-hmm. that this is kind of the call of solidarity instead of antagonism, mm-hmm. right? And that that feels good. Yeah. That that's uplifting, you know, and how even the even nature itself was inspired by a song and everything is inspired by this, like, notion of we can all work together. We can, you know, that and that's sort of where you start to see the element of his song being about we talked about the love angle. Mm-hmm. Our interpretation of that is more not going to be just love like, for humanity, right? Yeah, a broader sense of love rather than just an interpersonal relationship yeah. thing. <laughs> Jesus, is, capital L, love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. That's one way to look at it. Now we're going down, way down to Hades Town. So yeah, Hermes introduces us to Hades properly, who is on his way up from the underworld to get his lady home. Can I, one note on Hades. He's got, like, the coolest voice. Like, what did he look oh my, like? Oh, my God. Okay, that's something I want to talk about. My production guy was so different. He was, like, much more Don Draper, and, like, his voice was much clearer and less raspy. Because oh. the soundtrack is very, like, fucking Tim Curry and Fern Gully. Just like, yeah. Ah, like he's, yeah, he's, like, super, oh, sinister. Somebody from Justified or something. Like yes. So. <laughs> so, yeah, my guy was a lot less country, but I loved it. He had such a clear, smooth bass. I was so impressed. And he also had these fucking sunglasses on <laughs> and, like, a suit and a very nice, like, three-piece suit uh, with a little vest and everything. Um, slicked back. Like, he, he looked like, like fucking Don Draper, I don't know what to say. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if you ever watched Handmaid's Tale, the commander, he looked a lot like him. Oh, creepy. Yeah. <laughs> but very handsome and very intimidating. It was great. So to me, this is, I think, when the metaphor really gets going. They're, they're introducing us to Hades mm-hmm. um, and Hades Town. And yeah, he, he's a fucking walking capitalist nightmare. Well, capitalist wet dream are nightmare. Yeah, he sucks. Uh, yeah. They, I mean, they make it understandable motivations wise. But he's clearly this in this retelling. I don't know. That, I don't know if that would be an element of... I mean, because he was just chilling in Hades in the normal myth, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like Hades was some sort of scary mechanical world or something, you know? No, I mean... So this is an adaptation part. I will say the Greek afterlife is pretty much a bummer, Mm -hmm. like, no matter how you split it. Is that where you, like, just swim around in the Sea of Souls thing? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the Hercules version. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But there's something similar. There's, like... So, this is based on my partner playing Hades a bunch. Uh, so you know not much more accurate than hercules <laughs> obviously um but like there's different zones right and, mm, and i've okay. read a little bit about this as well but you know there's really like the only kind of good ones are like the elysian fields and even those are still kind of a bummer of like this is where the heroes go but it's like pretty boring and it's like just a field or something yeah i don't remember exactly what it is but like there's different zones and like some of them are worse than others there's no, like, happy place, it seems like. It seems just like, we well, don't want to go there at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, stay there's alive, no heaven, <laughs> from yeah. what I can tell. Okay. So, yeah, it seems rough. Uh, but I would say, yeah, I I don't know. The, the myths that I've read, and it's been a while since I've 
I know. All gays have a, a Greek mythology thing, I think. <laughs> no, I, I like to make sweeping statements about us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was one of those kids who read Greek myths because there was like sex and stuff in it and like gay people. And I was like, this is cool. <laughs> so this looks like learning, but it's like fun. Uh, careful. Yeah, you're going to get those books banned. Oh, yeah, band totally. Edith I bought Hamilton them. or whatever. I got them out of school, so they can't. Like, I bought that with my personal money. <laughs> <laughs> but. Hades, I think, was a little more of a neutral figure, I would say. I mean, fucking, he stole Persephone, but, like, every dude, but he's just like, dude. did that. So. Yeah. <laughs> he's just doing his job. Not that part, uh-huh. but, like, running the underworld stuff yeah, is just kind it, of a business. Yeah, it, it didn't seem like he was as nefarious as he is here. Mm-hmm. So. Mr. Hades is a mean old boss. With a silver whistle and a golden scale. An eye for an eye. And he raised the cost. An eye for an eye. So to the king on the chromium throne Throw to the bottom of a sing sing cell And the wheel squeal and the big wheel roll And you better forget about your wishing well Way down, way down, way down on the He's a copper mine boss. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's just he's an industrialist. He, yeah, yeah. He is building up forces down there and the the la- the language they use around wage labor I really enjoy. been there to varying degrees <laughs> I, there also is another line of uh, you either get to hell or to Hades town ain't no difference anymore and I was like wait are they different things I thought those were the same thing that's not that important maybe it's a different zone maybe it's a different zone <laughs> this used to be the cool zone now it's <laughs> shitty well, I, at first I thought they were referencing like oh but earth is getting so bad it's the same thing mm. I don't know or maybe they mean like the Christian version Christian hell, hell. Christian <laughs> hell's you Not can even. go there, too. It's, it's supposed to torture Well, maybe that's it. It's supposed to torture you versus just being, like, negative. Mm. It's like, the underworld sounds oh, like it's just kind of... more neutral. Uh, yeah. It's not really a hell in the way we think of... Modern yeah. audiences would think about it. Yeah. You know? So I mean, like, yeah, there's tales of, like, Sisyphus and... I mean, Prometheus isn't there. He's on some fucking rock and his liver eaten. Mm-hmm. But Sisyphus, like, he has a personal hell. But, like, that's created specifically for him. Right. That's so, like, if you're really you. bad. Yeah. <laughs> if you generally, one guy. They don't measure people out and say, okay, you're 65% bad. You're going to go to hell. <laughs> you know. So, that's maybe that's what they're referencing. Maybe that's what they're saying. Persephone is not pleased about this. <laughs> about coming back? About going back. Uh, you know, she's like, you're early. And she's drinking to deal with it. I mean, I, I think you could say this is like, you know, what capitalism can do to you. It can make you turn to something that numbs the pain. Uh, like her drunkenness? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like she doesn't want to see it. And she's, it's like... Well, she's also like, maybe she thinks she's complicit. She's his wife. No, I think it's that she's being deprived of what she enjoys. And mm. so she's sort of like us in that, because there's this big, like, nature... Um, primitivist almost streak in this. Mm, yeah. They're like very anti-industrial, very pro go live out in nature. Persephone, yeah. That's her Persephone's view, right? And sort of what is trying to, you know, you could see yourself in Persephone as we get forced into living in suburban places, living in cities, living amongst the gears and everything of, of modern 
civilization mm-hmm. and a part of us yearns to have more connection touch grass yeah <laughs> and so you know the negative way to cope with that that she's sort of representing is you know drugs and alcohol mm. or various vices i thought it was i mean i think that works for her character specifically because she is she is nature lady but i think i was just i was applying it more broadly of like you know like later like it's revealed she runs a speakeasy down there mm, yeah uh so she is trying to distract from the pain of of capitalism for everyone else too for everybody else yeah, yeah. that makes sense we also find out that Eurydice is kind of intrigued by the wealth of Mr. Hades. Ah. She says, kind of makes you wonder how it feels. It's very funny in, in the play. Uh, she says that. She's looking straight at him uh, across the stage. And then uh, Orpheus, like, awkwardly comes and, like, stands beside her and takes her hand. <laughs> like, she's with me. <laughs> it's really funny. It's funny. Uh, so Persephone goes bye-bye. And meanwhile, things get nasty a gathering storm Mm. orpheus is working away on his song and eurydice is struggling to find them food and firewood i mean to me orpheus is the guy who is willing to give his entire self to the cause he is he's tireless he is letting his relationships fall apart he is just single-minded just focus yeah he's to me still a theory guy he He hasn't done anything yet but he is obsessed now. Like, that's what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He just, he's still got to get it right, you know, figure out all the details. But, yeah, I think you're right. He's throwing himself into it all the way. Orpheus is trucking along that song in Epic 2. King of silver. King of gold. And everything glittering under the ground. is king of oil and coal and the riches that flow where those rivers are found but for half of the year with Persephone uh, he sings more about how fucking rich Hades is king of silver king of gold <laughs> yeah. and we find out oil and coal I think this is the first time we get kind of a hint of that industrial stuff mm-hmm. which I found very interesting he, you know, he talks about how that's motivated by, like, jealousy that Persephone's gone and, you know, up there with the sun, which I think kind of throws a wrench into some of these metaphors, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I do like this line, though, that, that you know, he's laying the, the wall. King of mortar, king of bricks, the river sticks is a river of stones. Lays them high and thick with a million hands that are not his own. With a million hands, he builds a wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, makes other people work for him to build the big wall. And, mm-hmm. and that that is, you know, part of the root of how he is now bad is that he's turned to, you know, turned to that vampirism, that turned, turned to that leeching off of people. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I don't love the result, but... No, but yeah, it's, it's a clear painting <laughs> of him as, an, as... This is how industrialists are. Yes. You know? Yes. It's they the capitalist class. Stealing your labor. And speaking of bad things, we are now transitioning into the underworld itself. 
uh, you see the workers. So the, the chorus has now changed clothes into these like overalls uh, with like little like chest wraps um, and hard hats. And um, they are using the circular stage to kind of go in a circle and they're doing these like hooch. Like <laughs> that's the sound on the soundtrack, but they're like, you know, moving their arms to kind of like show that they're working mm, okay. in tandem and everything. This is a great introduction to how like fucking beaten down these workers are. Keep your head, keep your head low. Oh, you gotta keep your head low. If you wanna keep your head hooked. Oh, you gotta keep your head. In the coldest time of year, why is it so hot down here? Hotter than a crucible. It ain't right and it ain't natural. Oh, lover, you were gone so long. Lover, I was lonesome. So I built a foundry. In the ground beneath your feet, here I fashioned things of steel. Oil drums and automobiles. Then I kept that furnace fed with the fossils of the dead. Lover, when you feel that fire, think of it as my desire. Think of it as my desire for you. So Persephone's back. Hades is showing her around. He's like, check out this fucking cool factory I made. <laughs> She's yeah. like, it is nasty in here. She's like, why is it hot? It's too bright. It fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah, and he's always like rationalizing each one like, oh, but like, I got sad. You know? I was so lonely. I made... <laughs> Sorry I built the capitalist empire, babe. I was just lonely. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, but, God. Uh, and, you know, that's that's kind of a silly way to look at it of like, oh, it was just kind of a personally wrong thing. But I think it does, if you take a different uh, lens to it, it does kind of paint industrialization as unnatural. Right? She, mm-hmm. Persephone's looking around like, this is a complete perversion of anything. Yeah. Like, this yeah, she sucks. says that. You know, and so industrialization, capitalism, all this is is very much um you know unnatural like we're not supposed to be this way mm-hmm. toward each other we're not supposed to be like uh eurydice in the in the opening song of just that jaded and atomized and yeah stuff, you know but i thought that the take that the gods have just kind of forgotten how to do the right thing yes okay let's talk about that okay <laughs> so meanwhile this this song is kind of a medley of of that happening and then we see orpheus continuing a song oblivious to that fucking storm coming in Eurydice is really struggling. Can't find the tune. Orpheus. They can't feel the rhythm. Orpheus. King Hades is deafened by a river of stone. Poor boy working on a song. And Lady Persephone's blinded by a river of wine. Living in an oblivion. He did not see the storm coming. His black gold flows in the world down below. Enter dark clouds roll in the one up above. Look up! And that is the reason we're on this road. And the seasons are wrong. And the wind is so strong. That's why times are so hard. It's because of the gods. The gods have forgotten the song of their love. Singing and yeah, this line I think is really tough for my metaphor here. This one really ruins it for me. Not ruins it, but or if his his big fucking brick, his big idea is, oh, is the, you know why this happens? Because the gods have forgotten their love. <laughs> okay, if I'm gonna try my best to apply this, okay, it is again using love as a broader term. Hades has forgotten his love for 
existence for, I was going to say his fellow man, but he's a god. Pretend he's a guy. Pretend he's a capitalist guy. Yeah. You could say capitalists have forgotten their love for their fellow man. Yeah, because their class interests have overridden everything else. And so, like we always say, you know, they don't have to be personally evil. They can be nice to you, Mm -hmm. you know, in the street. but But their job requires them to exploit people. Right. So it requires them to forget or to compartmentalize you know against the their innate sense of uh solidarity with people right is yeah. what you're saying yeah that's what i'm saying is mm-hmm. is that he has lost his quote unquote humanity so you would have to then zoom out and view the gods as, as a people. class or yeah well, or, i would say class too totally and saying that classes have forgotten how to be human and then it's still not great for the metaphor because the solution ends up being be nice to the capitalists convince the capitalists to be nice yeah (laughs) and then they'll dismantle capitalism don't worry Mm -hmm. versus go to class war against them yeah like that's not gonna work yeah so that that is my struggle i think like the the metaphor is like really juicy and tasty in some parts but like the end sort of fumbles it and it's sort of perfect and we'll talk about that yeah, okay. <laughs> no, 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 that's, yeah. That's right. how I feel about it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I had, like, watching it, like, I remember feeling like, damn, they dropped the ball. And then, like, they kept going. I was the like, last oh, part, they? yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, uh, this is where Eurydice gets mugged. Uh, the fates come up acting as the wind, and they take away her bag from her and her coat. So she's having it rough out there. She's calling for Orpheus, and he's like, I'm fucking busy. <laughs> Just singing. Uh-huh. Just singing. And so the song ends with Hades being like, fuck you, Persephone. If you don't like me, I'm going to find someone who will. And that's when uh, in, in the set, he, he comes out of like, I think he comes out of the train kind of area. And the song ends with him looking straight at Eurydice. And it's just them on stage. Mm, okay. And it's real funny in the stage play because he's got his little sunglasses going on. And he goes, hey. <laughs> like a hey, babe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> And he's got this deep fucking voice. It's so good. (laughs) Oh, crack me up. Hey, little songbird. Give me a song. I'm a busy man. And I can't stay long. I got clients to call. I got orders to fill. I got walls to build, I got riots to quell, and they're giving me hell back in Haiti. A little context here, in, in traditional myth, uh, Eurydice is bitten by a snake on the day of their wedding and dies. Huh. Uh, so that that's why at some point they, they reference like songbird versus rattlesnake. Oh yeah, uh, okay. Because so, otherwise it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I thought they were just calling Hades a rattlesnake. I mean, you could totally just do it that way, too. You don't need the <laughs> reference, but it's kind of fun. Okay. But yeah, he's over here saying, hey, man, I'm busy, but you look cool. What's up? What's up, girl? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not like a sup girl situation romantically. It's it's like he wants another worker. Yeah. But it's like the song, I think, if it's if we're on the Hey Little Songbird thing, it's like mm-hmm. it's played in that romantic sort of way it is or it su- is seducing sort of way but it's 
actually seducing you to sell your soul to capitalism. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Like, I was expecting, like, is he going to try to romance her or something? Like, because mm-hmm. he does say, like, I'm going to find someone who will love me. But then he kind of doesn't follow up on that. So it is more of a an abstract seduction. <laughs> well, it also plays, I guess, good into the theme of uh, the gods not being able to love anymore. Like, Hades is completely turned toward his machines and mm. wall and everything. That's how so, he interprets love now. Right, so like, now... Come work for me. Right. That's, that's all he's got. <laughs> We're a family. <laughs> it's a family company. <laughs> he even says, I got riots to quell. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's totally... He's, he's the United States. <laughs> he knows who he is, man. <laughs> but yeah, this is, I think, a good one. Uh, she she is seriously contemplating this. And, uh, you know, as the audience, you're like, no, don't do it. Like, you gotta go be with your boy. Mm-hmm. But she's, she's fucking tired. Again, she's tired and she's been tired her whole fucking life. Except for that brief summer. <laughs> and, I don't know, for me, metaphor-wise, you could see it as her giving into wage labor just she's fucking hungry she's got to go work mm-hmm. you know um she's tired of waiting on this fucking guy to start his revolution and she is willing to give up i mean essentially her humanity in exchange for material goods we all, we all have to make this bargain right i mean it's i think it makes it clear this you know when later when they sign the contract and everything it makes it clear like that the quote-unquote economic freedom of capitalism or is really just a freedom to enslave yourself. Yes. You know, and, and oh, to... There's some great lines about that. Yeah. yeah I mean, you're, you're literally renting yourself renting out your body to... Out. Yeah, for a period of time. Yeah. If you're doing wage labor. If you're doing salary stuff, you're still... You're, you're not even really putting a time limit on it. No. Yeah. No. God, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and what I love about it is, is the next song, When the Chips Are Down, the fates come out and and you know talk about you know they they like kind of talk her through the decision of just like hey like fucking shit's rough out here uh they even say and the first shall be first and the last shall be last which yeah. i thought was a great little perversion yeah it's <laughs> and that's that's, that's how it works here yeah that's representing the terrible way the world is in the clutches of capitalism yes you know? go ahead and lay the blame talk of virtue talk of sin wouldn't you have done the same in her shoe, in her skin? You can have your principle when you've got a belly full. Hunger has a way with you. There's no telling what you're gonna do. Uh, but yeah, once she makes her decision, she, she takes the ticket from his hand and, and goes to the underworld uh the fates turn around and, and talk to the audience and, and basically say like hey don't judge her like she's fucking hungry mm-hmm. would you do the difference i love the one you can have your principles when you've got a belly full that's all there is to it man that's uh that's joseph stalin what freedom does a man does the unemployed man have the homeless man have yeah you know? what freedom is that orpheus fucking finally realizes she's missing <laughs> dude he was having a banger jam session all right he was really into it <laughs> <laughs> he had like his big headphones on. Yeah. <laughs> he had the amp turned up. Finally looks around, babe. Where you at? Where you go? <laughs> uh, Hermes kind of gives him some shit for it. Like, well, you fucking care. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he tells her, or he tells him, yeah, she's she's fucking gone. He went to the underworld, and you know, he decides to go get her. So it is kind of bizarre. the The world was so 
like barren, like the regular world was so mm-hmm. barren that she had to. The only way to get food, or how does she know there was food down there and stuff, like in the underworld? I think, I mean, literal interpretation is like, well, if I'm dead, I don't have to worry about food. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But you know, metaphorical interpretation, I guess, being if I have job, then food. Yeah, but how does she know there's work down in? She, okay. I mean, in the thing, he's saying, "Oh, I'm a big important business guy." Oh, so, so. when he comes up to get then he's doing the recruiting. He never says okay. like, "Hey, I'm going to feed you." Right, but you could. Get I guess money infer, yeah. versus not having. Okay, I guess that makes sense. And it's clear once she gets down there, like, oh, she fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so. So yeah, he sets out. Uh, I do like that the fates start taunting him on the way. But yeah, I mean, this is a question we've all, like, if you're you're on a kind of, like, I'm on a revolutionary path, but if you're on a, a Marxist path at all, you can be like, why, why do I, am I so convinced that I'm right? You know? Right, yeah. Who are you? Yeah, so many people see the world completely differently, are mystified in some way from our point of view, that, you know, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're thinking, like, I probably, you know, there are, there's a big chance that I do have it wrong, you know? Uh, but just ignore that part. Or, I mean, listen to it, but, like, <laughs> use it to... To re- strengthen. Yeah, to reinforce yourself. Um, but I think in his position as, like, a leader of this, this revolution... Mm, that's for sure, Like, yeah. who are you to think you can walk a road that no one ever walked before? Like, how do... Like, when that time pops off, like, how do you know? You know? Right, yeah. It's a, it's a crazy situation to be in. Yeah. So, yeah, this is in Wait For Me? Yes. Okay, yeah. Hermes is, like... Saying, well, hey, you know, if you got to... It's going to be rough. Yeah, this is going to suck. This is There's all these obstacles. It's a super long way. You have to be dedicated to it. You yeah. Know? And this is where I think he's he decides, you know... There's, he says there's like no midway points. There's, there's no mm. stopping on the way. There's no, no refuge, right? It's just go. Do the whole thing, right? Take the engine. Yeah. Right? You've, you've got to do it. And so that's kind of him, like, crystallizing that commitment. Finally going from a theory guy. To an action guy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, I, I thought at the end of it, too, uh, he kind of emphasizes that not just that it's dangerous, but you are you should basically see yourself as already dead. But to me, that, you know, is an important part of it. Like, the real... It's, I think there's a Huey Newton that says this. Yeah. That the real revolutionary should consider himself already dead. Totally. And beyond that, I mean, just people going into something wholehearted, committed, you can, that's, the, that's an ancient concept. Uh, the, the Mongols, you know, Mongol warriors would consider themselves mm. and would meditate upon, like, having already been dead every time that they, you know, they considered, I don't know, it's part of that. It's like just stealing yourself, mm-hmm. sort of, you know. But I think in, in the revolutionary sense, it's, it's an important thing because... That allows you to start at this negative position of, okay, I don't have anything now. I don't have anything to lose. What I'm fighting for now is what Positive. is that? <laughs> yeah, what is that new life going to be? Yeah, you yeah. Know? Hard thing to do. Oh yeah. <laughs> Fucking dead hell, no way. This next one's a banger. <laughs> Which one? Why we build the wall? Oh yeah. This is when I full on sat up in my seat like, okay, we're cooking. Yeah. <laughs> 
could want. My children, my children, what do we have that they should want? What do we have that they should want? We have a world to work upon. We have work and they have none. And our work is never done. My children, my children. And the war is never won. The enemy is poverty. And the wall keeps out the enemy. And we build the wall to keep us free. That's why we build the wall. We build the wall to keep us free. We build the wall to keep us free. During intermission, I like looked up when this was written because I could not believe it was not after 2016. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah, tons Focus of think the wall. Yeah, yeah okay. tons of think pieces were written on that, which I think is like missing the point. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely like you could say, yes, sure, it's about immigration, but it's about much more than that. Yeah, it's it's imperialism. It is. That's what is being called out here. This Malthusian sense of it's eco-fascism too of like mm -hmm. you know we are going to be the only ones with the resources we have to keep everybody out you see it and you know and not just in the u.s immigration but in europe as well yeah you know, these, the, totally. far, the far right guys over there are doing this and the regular conservative guys are, are are constantly you know harping on the hordes of immigrants and all this yes. racist shit yeah but yeah it's about the imperial core keeping its bounty for itself yeah uh it's a call and response between hades and his workers uh, yeah, man, this this song says it out loud. It does, and it, it I love that it calls it freedom. Oh, it's so good. It's it's exactly what we're talking about. The economic freedom is actually wage slavery. Yeah, that's like what they literally say. It's a great this. cyclical thing. Like the the last bit, the enemy is poverty. Up. The wall mm -hmm. keeps out the enemy. We build the wall to keep us free. It just all ties it's together. It's yeah. a cycle. Yeah, you you enslave yourself to guarantee this freedom mm -hmm. of enslaving yourself you know, <laughs> good job so that you don't have it as bad as other people but that's why i think it's a great uh example of the if world systems and imperialism and stuff is that in could imperial be worse. core countries yeah you are still enslaving yourself but not to a, as harsh degree as you would be in literal slavery in large parts of the world and and, and the reason that you have that benefit is because of the hyper exploitation there that the, the rest of the world is facing yeah, you know. I mean, in terms of the play, like, clearly, shit on Earth is not going well. Mm-hmm. And... So that would be, like, the periphery. Yeah, right? yeah, it seems like it. And, and Hades, like, it sucks. It sucks shit, but, like, you're guaranteed work, apparently. <laughs> Definitely guaranteed Damn. work. Damn, right to, right to work. <laughs> right to work. <laughs> uh, guaranteed, jobs guaranteed, that's what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> you you have some sort of security, and the only way to get to Hades Town is either you are on the train, which means you beefed it, you died. <laughs> Yeah. Or you're a magical boy who can make stones move away when you sing. So, yeah. So it's hard to... What is... It's hard to get in. Right. And it sucks to be here. And it sucks to be here. But it's also hard but to get in. Which, yeah, that makes the immigration metaphor more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, th I I loved the... Just the musical, uh, like... The call and response. The call and response and how it crescendoed, like at the yes. end of Hades, just like belting it out, yelling. Yeah, it was very powerful in person. Like he's he's actually standing in front of this like old timey like Grand Ole Opry style microphone, you mm. know. Yeah. So it's just like, and he's he's standing like this little stiff backed 
pose. The old dictator guy. It's so good. <laughs> and and the workers are kind of mimicking that pose of like very fashy, like standing at attention thing. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I'm gonna have to look up see how I can watch this on YouTube or yeah, some, yeah. some undercover means or something. It's fucking good. It's really. I mean, I don't know shit about stage direction. I thought it was fantastic because it was. I love a small set. I love a really simple set, mm-hmm. and I think they did a great job. Well, you're not the only one. They won like eight Tonys <laughs> or something. So. Great uh, experts, including me. Think yeah, <laughs> they did a great job. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you're just like, pardon my take, but this may, this may have been a really <laughs> this good this award-winning musical was like really good. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Next, we have Our Lady of the Underground, which is Persephone just running a fucking speakeasy. <laughs> yeah. This one's a catchy one, too. It's pretty catchy. She's great. Uh, she's lush. I love her. <laughs> In the play, she's constantly pulling a flask out from, like, her tits. <laughs> from her dress. Nice. But, yeah, in this one, like we mentioned earlier, like, this one is much more about, I think, drugging the workers to cope She's saying it, like, you know, to remind you of better times up on the surface and things like that, of sunshine, summer, whatever. But metaphorically, I think it's like, hey, take a break from, like, working hard. Have a drink. Yeah. Numb yourself to it? Okay. Mm -hmm. I interpreted it differently. I was looking at her as the nature character, Mm -hmm. right? And this being more of a, more of that theme of of the call of nature, Mm. of her kind of like, uh, well, not her, but this feeling within us of you know shouldn't shouldn't things be better like shouldn't we be more in touch with nature yeah. isn't like, this fucked up taste this thing that came from the ground kind of thing yeah mm. and like persephone kind of luring them to that point of view as that sort of sense in us that like the world is not right the way it is and that we should be more ecologically gr- grounded in a way yeah yeah i think i viewed it more negatively just because like I, I don't know, the visual of the play and, and her voice is very, like, she just, she's, like, kind of staggering and, like, she's clearly not well. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I think I had more of a negative interpretation of just, like, this girl's struggling. She's going through, yeah, okay. She's going through it. And this then would be, Persephone is still us, but it's not, like, our thoughts or our yearning for something. It's more like. Well, maybe our yearning for something, but like for dealing with the days. bad. Yeah, dealing with it badly of just, mm-hmm. well, fuck, I guess I'll drink, you know? I mean, she refers to it as like medicine and morphine, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. All right, I like yours better. Hey, thanks. <laughs> yours, I think yours can work, but it, it's got such a negative connotation. It's when hard. you see it, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I also like that she ends on the boss won't know, the boss won't mind. Yes. That line. Yeah. That's and it's good. like. The discontent that she's feeling, that we're feeling, she's a high up. I mean, she's not a wage slave. No, she doesn't have to fucking work. But I think even people in the ruling class have shreds of humanity left there that are still, like, you know, jaded and, and realize... This is fucked. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that works pretty well with the, with the end of the play as well. Mm-hmm. Next, we have Way Down Hades Town, The Reprise. <laughs> Uh, this is when Eurydice officially joins the workers, having signed papers with Hades. Mm, yeah. uh, Hermes warns of the deal the workers have made. Uh, this, this is that, and they called it Freedom Line, which just fucking slaps. <laughs> Ugh. Freedom to what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Eurydice is starting to realize, maybe this wasn't such a good deal. <laughs> <laughs> she realizes the workers don't look at her. They don't listen to her. And she talks. They don't have names. You know, the fates tell her, like, you're going to fucking look like this one day because this is what happens to you down here. Yeah. Like, your humanity gets worn away. Totally, yeah. They've traded their personhood for work and and security slash freedom. (laughs) Yeah, and she, like, starts forgetting about herself already. Yeah, there's some great lines in here about about freedom. (laughs) Free to spend eternity in the factory. Uh, You're punching in, you can't punch out. You know, for all his brilliance about seeing, oh, how unfree, you know, society could be and this his talk about like double speak and stuff of uh, Orwell you know <laughs> he couldn't really actually see the real double speak that happens in, in yeah, capitalism totally uh, flowers we don't really have to talk about that much Eurydice is sad and regrets her decision yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's really She's I wrote answer. one sentence so. <laughs> I didn't have anything for it I wrote four words Eurydice regrets her decision <laughs> big regret all right but then don't worry Orpheus is back and come home with me reprise um, yeah. He sang his way past those stones. The song is so beautiful. There is kind of an interesting thing they do. Like they, you know, he says, the stones wept and they let me in. And, and later, you know, Hermes is saying the walls have ears and like then the workers start singing. So I'm like, are the workers just stones? Or are they, because they're also building the wall? Like, I don't know. It's a little weird. Hmm. Okay. So it's not that important. <laughs> yeah. That's a weird connection, I guess. But yeah, his message is so powerful. He can cut through the drudgery of of factory life. He's, he's got some shit to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hades comes in and, and tells Orpheus that he doesn't belong. Uh, well, yeah, and he's 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 sort of uh, dissing the the dissident leftist. Yes. Right? And saying yes. like, you don't want to be a part of this guy. This guy's a radical. Mm-hmm. This guy is dangerous. You know, these are good people. Don't be like that. I don't think we've met before. You're not around here, son. Don't know who the hell you are, but I can tell you don't belong. These are working people, son. Law-abiding citizens. Go back to where you came from. You're on the wrong side of the fence. Hades, I know this boy. One of the unemployed. His name is Orpheus. Uh, this is during papers and papers instrumental. Basically, it's just him saying like, "This guy sucks." <laughs> yeah, I, I love that song. I wrote um, Hades is kind of taking down the idealist to peg. You know, mm-hmm. he's characterizing him at least as an idealist. He's, totally. He's just like, "What do you think you're going to do? Like, you know, you, you're you're a chump. There's no way you're going to do all this." Uh, and he also admits openly. He says, I own everyone in Hades Town. Yes. He just lays it out there. <laughs> He's like, this is slavery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Persephone tries to kind of speak up on his behalf, but Hades is like, shut the fuck up. Hades reveals that Eurydice signed the contract herself and that she chose to come here. Breaks his little heart. Uh, and then he sticks his workers on them, or he sticks his workers on Orpheus to beat him up. Um, is that so. the cl- closing line there? What becomes of trespassers with no respect for property? Yeah, that line is good. (laughs) Forgot about that. Uh, But yeah, and then instrumental is just, it's a fight scene of Ah, him and the workers. Um, It's fun. It's a fun The workers are fighting him then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Currently not radicalized. Yeah. (laughs) Not your see. She's like standing back like, ah. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, So after, you know, he's lying on the ground, he's all beat up. Uh, The fates sing this song, Nothing Changes. I love this one. Yeah, this is good. Why the struggle? Why the strain? 
make trouble, I make scenes. Why go against the grain? Why swim upstream? It ain't, it ain't, it ain't no use. You're bound, you're bound, you're bound to lose. What's done, what's done, what's done is done. That's the way the river runs. So why get wet? Why break a sweat? Why waste your precious breath? Why beat your handsome brow? Nothing changes. There, yeah, they're like. Why bother, man? This fucking sucks. You're just gonna get beat up. Right. Yeah. And we, you've surely felt this way before, at certain points, right? It's mm-hmm. it's just defeatism, feeling like I'm doing a lot, to varying degrees, of course, but doing a lot and nothing is changing. Nothing. Like why? Like why put this forth this effort? Why not just go with it? Yeah. Yeah. How many times do you hear someone say, "Oh, that's just the way it is"? Oh yeah. Yeah. If it's true, Orpheus is freaking out over having learned the truth of Eurydice's, I guess, death. Yeah. <laughs> kind of confusing. Whatever. Details aren't important. <laughs> um, but this is, I think, where, where things also take off in terms of solidarity. Uh, because the workers have heard his song now, and they stop working. And they start asking questions. Yeah. And the boy turned to go Cause he thought no one could hear But everybody knows that walls have ears And the workers heard him If it's true what they say With their hammer swinging What's the purpose of a man? And they quit their working Just to turn his eyes away When they heard him singing Just to throw up both his hands No hammer swinging Damn, and, and Orpheus is fucking mad now. He's like, the game is rigged. You know, the ones who hold the cards, you know, they're the ones who are always getting away with shit. And, and the workers kind of start, like, standing with him and start, like, being interested in what he's talking about. Yeah, I thought that was interesting because they don't, like, latch directly onto what he's saying in the way that he meant it. So he's like, what's the use, kind of, you know? I, mm-hmm. I can't, there's no way out. And then they kind of take that and adapt it to their situation. Right, and they say, you're supposed to, you know, he shouldn't leave. He should stand up and, and fight and, and they have that solidarity. Him. Yeah. And so they, they like, change the message. This is like a, like a mass line situation. Mm. He comes at him with theory. And, 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 and they, like, take that and say, well, this is our need. This is what we, you know, we have. How can we actually make this, like, as part of the party program, you know? To stretch it a bit. Yeah. But I think that it, generally it's like he's, you know, the bourgeois intellectual or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the working class is like hearing that call and... And repurposing it. Right, yeah. And then yeah. like, uh, you know, you can see them at that time like awakening to class consciousness 
and realizing like kind of what they need to do to change things. Yeah, because I was unclear at first. I'm trying to remember. I was unclear if the workers had even heard his little La 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 song yet. I think they have because of the whole Stones thing. Mm -hmm. Like they show him like getting into Hades and like breaking through. So if we're taking the whole the workers are the Stones metaphor that they sometimes say as like kind of valid, I guess they have heard his La La La. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of weird that they're just like, why would like seeing a guy like get betrayed by his GF be like, I love it. I'm inspired. <laughs> well, uh, later on, do they say that? Later, they get to hear all of it. They do. They're there when he sings the final one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you know, Hermes talks about we mentioned before. Um, you know, inspiring others to see the world as mm-hmm. it could be. So I was like, they heard it at some point, but I didn't know. Yeah. When it was. If anything, they know he sang good enough that the wall was like, come on in. Yeah. <laughs> so that's true. He got in. That's pretty cool. So they probably had to hear some of it. They probably heard. They mentioned something like they heard it through the wall or something. They might have on the other side. They might have heard it that way, or maybe someone was working at the wall. I don't know. It is that's fine. (laughs) But yeah, so they're figuring out the only, you know, it doesn't matter how shitty the odds are, even if it looks literally impossible. They're kind of realizing, or you know, they're interpreting from what he's saying. Really, you know, the only option is to fight. You know, They're coming at it from like a moral standpoint of like I I need to fucking stand up with my fellow man here. Right. Yeah. Even if it doesn't look like you're gonna win, you have to try. Yeah. And then Orpheus fucking gives a banger speech about solidarity. I believe in us together more than anyone alone. We're standing near him. I believe that with each other we are stronger than we know. We hear him. I believe we're stronger than they. Many. I believe that they are few. We're standing, standing, standing. And it isn't for the few to tell the many what is true. We understand this. I ask you if it's true what they say. Standing. You know, many versus the few. Yes, yes, he says that. We are many and they are few. And it's not for the few to tell the many what is true. Like, that's fucking fire. And that last section where kind of the workers bounce his own stuff back off of him and say, like, <sighs> kind of, what the fuck, bro? You need to fight. And he gets, like, inspired by them. Yes. Is, I think, great. Like, it's, it's, that's the importance of being out in the world, like, doing shit in mass organizations and stuff, is that sort of work. And the the joy of that, you know, one thing I that really stuck with me when we did Salt of the Earth was how like happy she was when she came in from like yes. labor strikes and stuff. Is it's that kind of joyful, joyful labor, right? That that joyful like struggle. That's what kind of picks them back up. You know, is these guys are now, you know, sure they called me out, but like they're saying like, yeah, let's do solidarity and stuff. And now he's like. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, because he starts his song fucking like, what's the fucking point? Yeah. And and by the end of it, he's like, fuck it, let's do it. And if he had just been, remained a theory guy, he wouldn't have had that He wouldn't up. have gotten to that point. He would have been like, well, I guess I'll go home now. Yeah. <laughs> My theory wasn't enough. Yeah. Uh, that's It's so good, guys. It's, it's a good one. I, I'm, I'm going to have a hard time picking a clip for this one. How long, this is Persephone pleading Orpheus' case to Hades. He's not budging. 
Uh, there's not a lot here. I only really pulled out one section of, of Hades saying, like, you know, give him a piece and we'll take it all. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was good, you know, that he, he's got to have an iron grip. Yeah. That's yeah. what capitalism does with the fucking police state. For sure, yeah. <laughs> if you're worrying, wondering, you know, why every little every little budding piece of, of leftism gets brutally crushed and completely infiltrated by the FBI and all the other things, shout out to Dave and Dan. Uh, <laughs> hey, guys. That's why, because they know that any little crack is going to grow. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, on an international level with CIA shit and on an internal level with smashing unions, like, FBI shit, like, that, it, they can't have too much success here. <laughs> right, yeah. It's dangerous. Chant reprise. This is when the workers are, they kind of continue their work. They get back to their little line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they, they are kind of distracted by Orpheus's message and find themselves repeating it. Oh, you gotta keep your head long. But it's like intermixed with their regular work song, uh, which is really nice of showing like that that message spreading throughout the workforce. Yeah. So initially, it wasn't everybody who heard it. It was just like a few maybe. Of them. I mean, it kind of shows like all of them doing it. So it's just like they're taking turns, like standing up and singing it, and then crouching back down. So okay, yeah. it's kind of like they're sneakily talking about it. Yeah, yeah. As Hermes puts it earlier, when the foreman's back is turned. Mm-hmm. I love that. Why are we digging our own graves for a living? Oof. Great question. <laughs> Good question. Would love an answer to that. Why do we build a wall and call it freedom? Mm-hmm. So that one, the interpretation could be that they are, they got the initial, like, call, right? Mm-hmm. And they adapt a little bit to, so it They're kind of building on it. Yeah, now they're building on it with the experience of the workplace. Yes, they're saying, yeah. like, how does this apply to my struggle? Yeah. Yeah, love that. Uh, hey, he steps in to say some super misogynist shit about how to keep a woman. So just a brief reminder, capitalism and sexism are, are their best friends. Yep. So The patriarchy. <laughs> That's how that happens. Then we get to epic three. Hades is like, all right, man, sing me this fucking song that you think is so cool. <laughs> My wife's a big fan. So like you got a chance before I fucking just kill you. Uh, so sing me a song. <laughs> yeah. So he sings this little magic song. It's really funny. He goes, oh, it's about me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of our cats because we were always singing songs to them. And then afterward, we'll voice them and be like, that's great. That's about me. You know? <laughs> that's my favorite song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I really loved the Hades in my production. He just had a fucking flair. And, and you know, like I, I, performers in, in live shows, like they leave pauses for the audience to laugh. And so like, it's, it's really fun. I highly recommend it. Yeah. I've got to check that out. Do somehow. it, man. So yeah, Orvia sits down on a little stool. Uh, the, I think the fates hand him his, his lyre, which is just an electric guitar. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and, and he, but yeah, it's what he can play guitar. Like I was thinking about that on the way over. I'm like, damn. So they had to find like an accordion player who can like sing and act and like, yeah. How many of those are there? <laughs> like, are you really good at singing and the accordion? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a tough find. Yeah, and also, like, do you have a friend that plays violin and can do? <laughs> like, that's a lot. It's probably more than you would think, though, because you know you're musically just, inclined. Yeah, anyone on stage might decide I'm going to pick up 
you know, a few instruments. Surely some of them are going to pick up accordion. I guess, yeah. That's a, <laughs> that's a rare one, I think. Uh, so, yeah, he sings that song. Uh, he sings his la la la. song that kind of melts Hayden's heart, right? Yeah. The idea here, and if we're going to be generous, is that capitalists are also harmed. Like, he has lost his humanity through this, like we mentioned earlier. You know, I don't make it a habit to feel bad for capitalists, but... (laughs) No. But the liberatory project of communism would free them, too. Yes. It's a concept from Martin Luther King, even, that the... uh, that oppression... I don't know if he actually got but I think I heard it from him first. He said, oppression also harms the oppressor. Yes. Like, yes. not as a class. Again, like you said, we're not feeling sorry mm-hmm. for the capitalists. But as a human Individuals, being. Individuals, that's got to be, like, you have to know at some point you're kind of the bad guy. I mean, you don't. Or you have to do something in your brain to not think that. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to do some serious self-delusion or drugs. Yeah, but like, in, <laughs> you know, in, in the religious sense, it would be harmful to your soul. Mm-hmm. In, just, in the non-religious sense, it would be just harmful to you as like being a good moral person. Everyone wants to think of themselves as a good person. <laughs> yeah, and so in that sense, it's harmful to your psyche in one way or the other. You're either deluding yourself, uh, drinking it all away, mm-hmm. something, right? Because you can't just sit with being bad. And harming people for your own gain. Yeah. If yeah. you can, then you truly become worse than the workers on the wall in terms of <laughs> having lost yourself. Yes. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. I think capitalists are really good at coming up with excuses for themselves. Mm-hmm. And they have convinced people to come up with excuses for them. So. Yeah. <laughs> A million nerds will will throw themselves in front of people trying to argue. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So I think they're, yeah, they're skilled at that self-delusion sense. I don't know how much. I don't know. I don't know any billionaires guilt, close enough. <laughs> you know, yeah. I don't know how much of that remains if you're in that situation. Yeah. But I think I, it. I think it changes the way you see the world and the way you interact with humans. Like you hear all the stories of like, like Bill Gates went to this fucking movie theater. They like had to shut down the whole fucking theater for him to come, mm, and then he yeah. was annoyed that they asked him to pay for a ticket. Huh. So like you know there is a sense of like total entitlement and total like why aren't you rolling out the fucking red carpet for me yeah yeah i think that's what they're getting at here is hades is to that point where he's lost yeah so yeah. much of himself and it would be good for him if he restores that you know that's yeah. that's kind of what they're emphasizing in his case it's like it's ruined his relationship with his wife too mm-hmm. um you know there's several times where he's just like i don't even know who you are anymore you know yeah yeah so um, i think in our you know interpretation then that 
was just trying to say that this is going to be <laughs> the revolution is going to be individually specifically bad to specific <laughs> capitalists and stuff because some of them are going to stand in the way and get got. Mm-hmm. But as a class and then people who don't stand in the way and people who emerge on the other side, it's going to be better for them. Not materially. But, but socially, human, I think, yeah. and, and morally. So Hades is, is charmed by this message, right? And, mm-hmm. and he sings the la-la part. He sings one of the lines. And that red flower appears in his hand, and he gives it to Persephone, and they, they dance, right? Yeah. I don't know how the fuck this fits into the metaphor. <laughs> of the fixing the gods fixes everything? Yeah. <laughs> I think that it uh, it's not good for the climate change aspect. That doesn't... It doesn't make sense. Is it made clear that this does fix the climate long term? That's what I'm not sure about, because... I mean, spoiler, end of the play, they're like, we're doing it again. <laughs> so, like, Hades Town itself is going to keep operating as like a factory furnace I'm, wall thing? I'm not sure. It's, I mean, it sounds like nothing fundamentally changes. Yeah, I didn't get the idea that everything changed. I don't know about the seasons. Though. It sounds like maybe the seasons might be fixed this time. I'm not sure if that's correct. Okay. I mean, it, it's implied because, like, Persephone's like, should we try again? Basically, like, should we give our marriage another shot? And they say yes. And they're like, yeah. So it should knock that part back into, and that's a longer change. So, so then this is a well. Then that raises a question: Does he dismantle Hades Town? I don't think he does. Well, wouldn't Persephone not put up with? Yeah, I don't know. And this is where we get to the cyclical nature of the story: is like we don't know how much of this has changed anything. I, I think we can guess. Yeah. But like. It's not like they actually started the whole play over again and made changes, so I don't right. know. So, in that case, it can be read as maybe a balancing of... Industrial and nature? Yeah. Because you do have to have, you know, you're going to have to have productive forces. <laughs> right. So you have to produce stuff for people, right? The whole message of Marxism and stuff is not to destroy the machines and go back to the earth. It's... To harness them for people. Yeah. And, and But that's where it falls short, I think, is that Orpheus's attempt to... I mean, he talked about, like, solidarity and stuff earlier, but this part here of changing Hades... Changing the minds of, of the gods. He's just sort of persuading them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, a little weak there. Right. It's just, it's just like um, he's convinced the capitalists that what he's doing is bad, and or you know, what the capitalist class is doing is, is, is bad. And so they should work, you know, try to be more in balance with nature, mm-hmm. and that will fix things. But there hasn't been a popular. The people haven't taken over. Yeah, I think you're right. They're like this is the part I was disappointed in. Like this is the part where I'm like, well, I didn't fucking do anything. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, he's not going to change. Like he's not going to get rid of his factory. He's not going to free his workers. Like he's not going to, you know, even quote unquote pay them more. That's true, and that is revealed. I just remembered this when we were trying to decide, did he permanently, you know, did he Mm -hmm. get rid of Hades Town? He doesn't because when he does the decision making on Orpheus, he's like, I got to keep a hold of, you know. Keep a hold of my workers. Yeah. So he definitely keeps it later. Okay. In that case, they, it'll just get worse again. So he's won a sort of reform, a sort Mm -hmm. of improvement. Yeah. But he hasn't changed the fundamental structure the workers of Hades Town taking power. He got he carbon caps. Right. He didn't take the engine. <laughs> and so because of that, it's going to improve. 
mm-hmm. but it's going to get worse eventually mm-hmm. after that. Yeah, yeah. It's going to go back to it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll put a pin, come yeah, back. Because there is a second part. Yes, yeah. the end of the play is very interesting. Yeah. All right. So next song, Promises, Orpheus and Eurydice are just like, fuck yeah, let's go home. <laughs> and they're like saying, oh, like, it's fine if we don't, we're not rich. We'll love you. Yeah. yeah. It's not that important. <laughs> let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's fucking leave. I mean, there's a little bit of interest if, you know, we'll show, what about them? And he's gesturing to the workers. Uh, and Eurydice says, we'll show the way. If we can do it, so convey, which I think is nice. I would like it better if they all went out together. Yeah, I think that's... But that's not the deal, I guess. Yeah, that's true. And you could also see that as a reading of um, socialist state experiments and stuff in the past. Is, you know, they, they didn't try to liberate the whole world because they couldn't. But hopefully if they can be an inspiration, then mm, yeah, other people can catch on. They're, they're the vanguard party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're going to skip over to His Kiss, The Riot. This is Hades contemplating, what the fuck am I going to do? Right. <laughs> if I let this guy go, I'm weak. If I keep him, I'm a big meanie. My wife hates me. But he does. He has some some great words here about like you know he started this riot. He started this this clamoring for freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and it's funny because he he's like, like, like who I've, will provide work for them? Yeah, I <laughs> fed them. I did all this. You know. <laughs> he's worried about his workers. Uh, but I think it's expresses this common frustration of you know imperialist countries and stuff and the capitalist class because they are they're always angry um, when people move from simple demands of like I want to be alive and have food and shelter to and I'll like enslave myself to get that mm-hmm. to hey can I not be a slave anymore but still have food and shelter or yep like, Hey, can I not work for you? Can I just own this? Yeah. What can't we do better than this? You know, because this also kind of sucks. Yeah, that reaches the limit real fast. And the capitalists are like, no, you have to just keep (laughs) keep being exploited. And in his view, like he he said it before, like if I give him an inch, they'll fucking take a mile. You know. Yeah. And so you know, he makes the decision that Orpheus cannot look behind him to confirm that Eurydice is there. Now in the myth, she can't talk. Oh, okay. And it's confusing because in the musical, she's totally like, I'm right here. It's like, oh, okay, she's right there. I yeah, like, wouldn't going. you just be like, cool, keep going. So I don't know if it's just that, like he thinks he's going crazy and he hears her voice or what. Mm, okay. That's my guess. But what I love about this, though, metaphorically speaking, is he is breaking down their solidarity. He said it's when when the boss calls you in one by one to try to negotiate, try to like break you down. Um, he he says you know, it's it's easy to feel courageous in the safety of a crowd, and like he he knows what he's doing. So he's like setting them up to feel separated from each yes. other and not have that power. Okay. Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I think in turn he's hoping this will discourage the workers too. Of like, look what happens when you go alone. Wait for me, reprise or reprise? I've heard it both ways. I think it's reprise if you're fancy. Oh, I've always said reprise. I, I hope, have no idea. Hope no one important heard me say that. It's fine. <laughs> Hermes tells Orpheus about the condition. You gotta, and and again he says, "Why build walls? Make folks walk single file, divide and conquer." That's what it's called. Like he again, like saying he's trying to break you down here. Yeah, atomization. Yeah, the workers look on and again are like, "Show us the way. We'll fucking follow you." 
and again, I, the fates, as they set out, the fates start setting in those doubts of, you know, who are you to lead them? Right, yeah, he's wondering, am I being vainglorious about this versus just being, a, you know, a leader, an inspiration, sort of? Yeah. You know? Yeah. At some point, they talk about the road being in one's head. Yeah, I thought, at first I thought that that was maybe kind of idealism, or like, you know, it's all about this internal struggle. Mm-hmm. But if I, I thought about it some more, if you zoom out from that and see... You know, Orpheus is representative of just, you know, a revolutionary leader, then it makes sense as a kind of the need for like internal discipline for people in that position, mm. right? That they have to stay focused. They, they, there is this challenge in their head to be able to stay loyal to the, you know, the cause and, and keep doing the work and keep, you know, being with the people. That's hard to do. Right. Yeah, I viewed it more as like the idea of doubt and um, like the inability to trust, mm, okay. which I think is is a theme throughout. Of you got to trust in your fellow man to, to stick with you here, and with Eurydice, like someone who's already made the decision once to leave you, like how do you know she's not going to do it again? Mm, okay, so that kind of plays in well with the atomization angle too. Hi. Hey, Urs. She likes it too. Yes, yeah, correctly to interpret it. <laughs> But I, I think you're right, though. It could also be mental discipline in terms of, of theory. You know, like there is a point to that. Go lay down. <laughs> so squeaky. I don't want to. <laughs> all right. Doubt comes in. I hate when that happens. Yeah. Is this where it all falls down? This is where it all falls down. So he's struggling. Uh, they're, they're walking. He's singing his little la laws. But, uh, man, it's it's not fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Eurydice keeps being like, I'm right fucking I'm here. Right here. <laughs> it's really frustrating in the show. I'm like, she's right there. <laughs> uh, but, and you also have the workers saying like, we're here too. Because they're, yeah. I think because they're the walls, I think. Okay. okay. That's, that's yeah. my guess. That stone connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, he's saying like, who am I? Like, he, you know, he's a god. You know, how, how do I know this isn't a trick? Why would he let me win? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think it's good. Yeah. I like your interpretation better now of the solidarity because it fits in better with this because everyone's trying to tell him we're here. Yeah, even the workers is, are saying we're. They say we're right behind you. <laughs> yeah, but he, you know, has has psyched himself out about this. He's got this self doubt. I also thought for briefly that it might be like vague. Just he fails. You know, it's just mm. the, you know it doesn't have a representation. It's just. Uh, he fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's just a symbol of failure, basically. No, I think it was all doubt-based. He, he, but yeah. he did not trust enough in in his fellow human to stick beside him on this one. And that is partially like built up. Like He's thinking, how did I do this? You know, Hades is very smart. He's clever. It and, felt so impossible. Yeah, and in our, our modern times you, or historical times, you can look at it and say, it would be very easy to wonder if you're getting set up for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were having any amount of success as a revolutionary organization, you know, in our context, because of the history that's gone on with, you know, the FBI infiltrating all these, you know, communist organizations, uh, you know, bombing cities, uh, all this sort of stuff, too, you would wonder, like, something's about to go horribly wrong because mm-hmm. I'm having any me- measure of success, <laughs> you know? Yeah, or, you know, a micro example of this of, you know, you, you manage to win something in the negotiations in a union or even, like, your pay, and you wonder, how much more were they agreed to? Like, mm, yeah. did I say yes too early? Yeah, 
Yeah. And of course, my guy turns around and fucking looks. She goes back to the underworld. How does that look? Because I imagine that like he turns around, looks at her, and then she's like, what the fuck? Like, she's looking at him like... <laughs> she looks very heartbroken and surprised. Um, it, it spins, you know, that they've been walking on that spin in circle the whole time. And they spin back around to the end of the back of the stage. And that opens up into that train scene again. And it's all smoky. Um, and so, like, she kind of, like, starts moving back into that space. Mm, okay. So it's, it's fucking rough. There's a lot of silence in this. There's a lot of long pauses. And even, you know, when we get to the next song, Hermes starts up singing. He takes his fucking time. Yeah. So it, it's really impactful. You, you see them there for a long time. Road to Hell reprise. Hermes says... Or reprise. Or reprise. <laughs> Hermes is like, yeah, man. <laughs> sad it's, song. It's a sad song. It's an old song. But he says, we're going to keep singing it. Because here's the thing. To know how it ends and still begin to sing it again. As if it might turn out this time I learned that from a friend of mine See, Orpheus was a poor boy Anybody got a match? But he had a gift And I think, like, that, like, I was really disappointed, obviously, that because I'm like, oh, man, but... And also, like, why didn't you take it further? Like, fucking the workers kill Hades, <laughs> overtake, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. But this gave me a little more hope and gave me, like, a, oh, like, it's the struggle that matters. It's it's this thing to keep striving for. And it's the retelling of it is the importance of looking back yes. on projects that have failed, learning from them well, they do in wrong. terms of lessons. <laughs> But also drawing from them that inspiration of seeing yes. people trying, right? And and usually similarly or worse or slightly better, whatever terrible conditions, you know, and seeing that, hey, even in that situation, people have tried to fight against this and had some varying measure of success. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I love that. I and you know, it it works really well visually too, because the play basically resets. Uh, you know, Orpheus comes in singing a song. Eurydice's back in her first costume from the first act. She does the whole match with her candle thing. Like, it works really well. And it, it does make you feel like, maybe it will be different. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, yeah, I think it's a great message. Like, issues with the metaphor aside, I, I think I like this part of it a lot. Of, like, keep going. Like, even if it feels impossible. Like, it made me think of that Ursula Le Guin quote that I say all the time of, like, you know, capitalism... Can, you know, the divine right of kings was once seen as impossible to overthrow. Yeah. So, fucking keep trucking. You've got, yeah, you've got to keep trying. You're going to fail so many times. We have failed so many times. But we won't succeed if we don't if we quit. Yeah. And if we don't talk about it. Right. And if we, yeah. And we don't re-sing the song. It seems even more impossible if you have no, you know, if, if, if you're... No reference. <laughs> right, yeah. If, if you haven't been listening to us... <laughs> and learning about these things, you know, if you if you're relying on the American school system to get Ooh. anything you know about socialism or communism or anarchism, good luck. Yeah, you, you're gonna you're gonna think those are all impossible systems. Those are all evil guys who blow things up. Right. <laughs> you're never gonna get free that way. No. 
this was great. They they finish out this big fucking, you know, everybody sing a note and, and they, they go backstage and they come back out for an encore and, and they sing We Raise Our Cups. Sunflowers bloom where the green grass grows. Our praise is not for them, but the ones who bloom in the bitter snow. We raise our cups to them. We raise our cups and drink them up. We raise them high and drink them dry. To all of us and all of us. Good night, brothers. Good night. This is actually after, yeah, after curtains, uh, I believe after, like, bows and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, you truly thought, I almost fucking left. So I'm like, I'm glad I didn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Persephone raises her cup to the audience, uh, and the rest of the cast does. And um, they, they sing this last song about, uh, you know, toasting. To me, this is acknowledging, like, these are the people who struggle maybe, like, in in. in you know, the global South. Yeah. When it's even harder, the chips mm-hmm. are stacked way further against them. Right. Yeah. We're, uh, I mean, and that's more powerful too. If you think about the audience mm-hmm. that they're playing to versus oh. yeah. the rest of the people, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that, that fits well when we were talking earlier about the wall in Hades town versus the, you know, the battle scarred world or whatever that's, probably suffering worse i think that that fits with that analogy yeah i don't know i think it's really lovely like the last line of the play is good night brothers good night and i don't know some they use the word brother a lot in the play and sometimes it's more of a casual thing that like hermes is saying like brother please yeah but i like it in this thing it was very much like solidarity feeling of yeah. like you know fucking unite kind of stuff right just so. like you saw people here stand up and and try to change things you know you can do that yeah too yeah what'd you think give me a review uh i liked it i mean i want to i want to go actually watch it Mm -hmm. but i've listened to it a couple times and it was good uh (laughs) (laughs) i'm no uh culture critic in in the theater sense (laughs) so i guess i would give it a five out of five i think the the last bit did enough to swing me on the kind of bad resolution. Yes. You know, yes. and so. Because I felt, yeah, I, in the theater, I was like, well, damn. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that that brought me back. I'm like, okay, now, now, like, I was I was thinking throughout the show, like, could we do an episode on this? Like, I was kind of, like, mulling it over. Like, you know, I, I talked about throughout the screen. Like, that was when I was like, ooh, yes, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, this is when it confirmed it. Like, oh, yeah, there's something here. Yeah. Like, there's yeah. something cooking. I think that uh, is probably... I think they did a good job of explaining to the modern audience, like, and not the communist sense or anything, I just mean the value of tragic stories. Yeah. It's like, why tell a bummer story over and over? Yeah, like, you me out for no reason. Right, but that's (laughs) that's kind of the the interesting angle of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's funny, I did, like, a little bit of... I didn't do a ton of background research, but I just you know, cursory Google and look through a couple of news things. And it was all quite surface level of like, oh, this is perfect for Trump's America. And, 
you know, because of the wall song. Yeah. And, oh, this is about climate change. I'm like, yeah, obviously. But, like, no <laughs> one really got to this. I'm like, you didn't hear about the workers. You didn't hear, like, there are many. We are, you know, they, we are many. There are few. Like, really? None of that fucking stuck? No. <laughs> she can't believe it either. <laughs> yeah, no, no liberal commentators, you know, <laughs> focused on that. I mean, why. I know. Why am I surprised? But... I don't know. Like, I didn't find a lot calling that angle out of like, hey, this is clearly a metaphor for capitalism and workers. Like, yeah. crazy. <laughs> Even in like a derogatory way of like, that was too much. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, I don't know. I didn't do a deep dive into reviews. Maybe there's one fucking guy out there like, who's offensive. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the headlines were definitely more about like kind of the surface level issues, which are still important issues. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying, you know, fuck immigration or whatever. But, I wanted to talk about the the worker concepts in here because I thought they were really interesting and mostly well done. I think, you know, I would have loved to have, again, Orpheus, like, I don't know, get, we were talking about, like, what if he had a little bit more of that at the beginning? But mm-hmm. I guess he gets it through his interactions more. Or if they refused the deal and decided mm-hmm. to stick with them. Just overthrow Hades. But that would, yeah, <laughs> that would be a completely different thing. And I think when you're working with a Greek tragedy... You've got to work with the medium in some way. Yeah. And so the best way to do that, I think, was to stay faithful to the ending more or less, but then just say, hey. Doesn't have to be this way. Right. Yeah. This one failed. Maybe another attempt would succeed. Yeah. And I I love it as a play, too, because, you know, you go in there knowing, like, I fucking know the myth of of Orpheus and your I know what's going to happen. Fucking dude's going to look, right? Like, (laughs) you know it. But you still find yourself rooting for them. You still are like, maybe this time. And like, yeah. and the fact that they, they say, we're going to sing it again. Like, you know, the next night they're going to do the same fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a perfect medium for that, that cyclical story. Yeah. I hope on the very last production. <laughs> Just kidding. We did it. <laughs> they did it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's so funny. Then they pour out of the theater and take to the streets. And <laughs> <laughs> they just start handing out pitchforks. You can do it too. Come on. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> uh, Orange Revolution on Broadway. I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whether, it'll be fabulous, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. The most fabulous revolution. <laughs> uh, but what was your rating of it? I love it. I have many musicals that are like, deep entrenched in my heart so i don't know if this is going to be in like my top like three it's close mm-hmm. it's close it's definitely it's in I the love, rotation now i love the musical style of it too that got me oh. the, all the all the brassiness all the jazz there's gr- great fucking jazz like yeah. i'm not like big big into jazz i like it every now and then but yeah this is some real good shit it reminded me uh there's a great new orleans bar near in my neighborhood and it reminded me a lot of that mm-hmm. and i yeah. love that shit yeah, I mean, I think I give it a five out of five. The only thing I think I would dock it for is the occasions where I'm like, I don't know how to square this. Like the the gods falling back in love stuff. I was like, at that point, I had to let it go and be like, this is just part of the story. Fucking move on. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything's gonna fit in my little juicy metaphor. Right, because we're we're adapting. We're adapting an adaptation. <laughs> yeah, we're interpreting, so it's different. Yeah, and that and that's fine. And I I think though there was enough. I don't know. I'm very pleased that we had enough to, to take away to make an episode out of it. I'm very happy about that. So yeah. five out of five. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite character? Favorite character. I think Hades. He's got the best that voice. Voice, man. He's like, oh. just deep. so deep and raspy. So deep. 
I do love Orpheus. His little falsetto voice gets me. It's so oh, cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how he does it. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I it's fantastic to see in person if you get the chance. If you want to shell out the money for it, kind of offensive. <laughs> <laughs> to do it. I sat behind a pillar and it was still good, so <laughs> I definitely paid for a cheap seat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm only willing to spend forty dollars on this. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it might spring for a little bit more than that. But. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, if you don't want to like kind of crick your neck and feel like you're invading your neighbor's personal space, yeah, yeah. you're probably going to pay more. <laughs> Next week it's shooting the shit, man. All right, sounds good. No prep. I mean, a little bit of prep, but not much prep. Yeah, just start <laughs> bookmarking pages. Great. <laughs> cool. See you around. See ya. Bye. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question, anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up and coming commies. And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So, ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes, so check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.